Good afternoon. I'm Amy Haddon Marsh, your host of Valley Voices. And joining me this afternoon are my pod. <laughs> One of which is Hallie Zander. Hi, Hallie. Hi, Amy. And Kathleen Shannon will be here. We're going to be talking about and sharing clips from Michael Francisco's third hearing uh, on Monday uh, here in Carbondale. Uh, Mr. Francisco was arrested uh, on Christmas Eve at Carbondale City Market. He's been charged with disorderly conduct, resisting arrest, and obstructing government operations, all misdemeanors. And he has not yet entered a plea. The outcome of Monday's hearing was another continuance until April 12th. His attorney, uh, Michael Administer, and other people sort of expected or had hopes for a a dismissal, um, but that did not happen. So his uh, hearing has been continued until April 12th. But, uh, you know, there was a huge media turnout at the hearing. I don't know if you noticed that, Hallie, but there were three people from KDNK, and there were two people from the Soper Sun, one person from the Post Independent, uh, and one person from Aspen Daily News. Was that seven? It was a huge media turnout. Um, And I know that you and Kathleen um, spent some time with the crowd, how many people would you say showed up? Um, when I got there, there were about 40 people outside of the hearing, and they were allowing, I think, 25 mm-hmm. inside. Mm-hmm. So put together about 65 Really? That many people? Average. Yeah. Oh. Um, it was pretty calm, and uh, most of the people were kind of patiently waiting to hear the... Uh, hear the outcome mm-hmm. of the hearing, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it was pretty calm. Some people had signs, and a lot of people were just in uh, in conversations with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, the the thing that you and Kathleen and I were talking about earlier, it seemed to be mostly uh, white women. I noticed the same thing. You know, we are later in this broadcast going to hear from. Sierra, who um, mm-hmm. is a black woman and was also at the protest. And, you know, she wanted it to be clearly known that um, while there were a lot of white people who were showing up, that mm-hmm. there are a lot of people in the black community here in Carbondale and mm-hmm. that their voices are also really important and that Michael's not alone in having experienced um, this type of treatment in the Valley. yeah. So should we play her clip since we're talking about her? Yeah, I think that would be a good call. Okay. All right, this is, do you remember what her last, did you get her last name? I did, and off the top of my head I'm struggling, but I'll have it by the end of the clip. Okay, well this is a clip from a community organizer by the name of Sierra who spoke with Hallie uh, during the hearing on Monday. Sierra Duter, I live in Glenwood Springs. Um, first of all, just why were you here today? Um, I'm here, um, I'm a community organizer. 
um, in the Roaring Fork Valley. Um, I work with the Colorado Trust, and I'm here because Michael is not alone in his story. Um, I, you know, there are people in this community who have experienced similar experience, racial aggression, raci racially motivated violence, um, but it's in the shadows. <laughs> like loaded question. <laughs> um, but I'm here um, in support of Michael as a black woman. He's not the only one and um, I'm just here in support and I'm also organizing a healing circle um, for other black people in our valley who have experienced discrimination, oppression, victims of racially motivated attacks because we are here and there are a lot of us um, and we just don't, you know, we're living in the shadows, we just don't get the recognition um, that we deserve. Do you feel like the crowd that showed up today was helpful for Michael's case? I was, I mean, other than Michael and I, it was all white people in there. Our community isn't just white people. There are black people here, there are indigenous people here, there are people of color here, but we live in the shadows. You know, I want everyone to realize that they can be powerful 24-7 and being in that courtroom, being in solidarity. I mean, it's really amazing, you know, to see all the support in the community. You know, black indigenous people of color, we're here too and um, we're powerful um, and we're not going anywhere. And I'd also like to acknowledge like the lack of media coverage. I think there was only, you know, one Soper Sun art article talking about Michael's case. There really wasn't a lot of media coverage on this very public issue. And that was really disappointing. So, you know, hopefully if we get more people organized around this, it'll be picked up. I don't know, like a lot of our media outlets just don't see this as an issue and they aren't covering it, except for a select few. And I think that's a huge problem. Um, what other community support would you like to see um, for Michael? Um, I guess solidarity and support. And, you know, recognizing that he is a member of our community, too. Um, and he deserves, you know, the same human rights as everyone else. And that this is not okay. Um, and that, yeah, the charges <laughs> need to be dropped. You know, all he did was point his finger, and that's ridiculous. Um, you don't hear about that happening to white people. Based on the conversations I've had with other black folks here, there's a lot of healing that needs to happen and a lot of organizing that needs to happen within the black community here. I'd really love for people to reach out to me if they resonate with that or if they want to talk to me and grab a coffee. If you're a black person in this valley, I see you, I hear you, and I want to create space for you. Um, and if you want to talk, I will listen. So that was Sierra. What's her last name, Hallie? Sierra Jeter. Okay. And she's with what? She is a community organizer with the Colorado Trust, although she wanted to be clear that she was there as an individual okay. um, and not representing, representing the organization. Okay. Great. Well, thanks for that. We'll get some more clips from the hearing. Um, but I want to play... Uh, Michael's words, this has been aired on KDNK News, but we thought it would be a good idea to re-air from an interview after the hearing. Michael Francisco in his own words. I feel like uh, yeah, I'm in a place where I shouldn't be, you know. It's like, I guess, when you go hiking and you end up in a place that you never thought you would be in, and then you try to maneuver how to get back to the, on the trail that you that brought you there. Okay. Yeah, so. You know, a lot of people, a lot of white people, have been upset and some have been outraged about what happened at City Market. How do you feel about all of that outcry? Well, for instance, for me, is I don't, I mean, 
I know we are labeling it as uh, what you call, like Malcolm X would say, so-called white people, and I'm a so-called black person. But I think what's happening with when you mention white people, I just think it's humanity coming out. It's not a white person. It's just humanity. You know what I'm saying? And uh, they're struck by the injustice that happened to me and, and wouldn't like that to happen to themselves or anyone else. So that's what I get from it. You know. You can hear the rest of Michael Francisco's comments online. If you want to hear the rest of uh, that interview, you can go to kdnk.org. Kathleen Shannon is here with us. Hello, Kathleen. Hello, Amy. Thank you for coming in. You know, Hallie and I were talking a little bit about overall thoughts about the hearing and the general feeling of the crowd. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, well, hopefully I'm not being redundant here, as I missed what you guys said. But um, I spent most of the hearing in the sort of entryway to Carbondale Town Hall, catching a lot of the buzz that was happening there. Um, and it was it was a buzz, I would say. I think it was sort of this, this high-energy sort of feel that wasn't all necessarily anger and negativity, but was, you know, a mix of sort of concern and and curiosity and kind of this community coming together Mm -hmm. feeling. Um, Some people held signs, not everyone did. Um, And and people were very, I think people truly did want to like, hear what was going on, stay informed and sort of get to the bottom of what's happening and and show their support. Yeah. Well, you spoke with a few people um, outside the courtroom, and I'm wondering if there's anyone in particular you'd like uh, for me to play. Yeah, one woman I thought was particularly interesting was a woman named Sheridan. Um, she'd come all the way down from Aspen to to be there that day, and she'd really done her homework about the situation, not just following what the media had done, but actually like went out of her way to make phone calls and meet people involved in the situation. I think she's kind of unique in that way. Okay, well, let's play this clip from Sheridan. Uh, my name is Sheridan Semple, and I live in Aspen. So what brings you down here today? Um, because I wanted to come down and support Michael, and I was hoping that I'd be able to hear, you know, more specifically what, you know, the charges are and, you know, more of the story of what's going on. How did you hear about this from Aspen? I heard about it from the letter that um, I can't think of what his name is, and I know it because we've been messaging, um, that he sent letters to the editor, and I read it in the Daily News, and I thought, whoa, wait, what's he talking about? So then I started doing research, and I found this Super Sun article, and then um, and then I started researching more, and I found the GoFundMe page, and then I went into City Market in Aspen and introduced myself to Michael because I said, you know, I'd like to help and I'd like to do something, you know, with your permission and blessing. Yeah. Can you tell me a little more about that conversation? And did he kind of ask that you show up and ask that people show up here? No, he didn't ask for anything. I just went in and wanted to introduce myself and say, hey, I've been reading about what's happened to you and I want to get involved and help support because I think, you know, there's an element of racism that's going on here, whether it started with the woman at the gas station Carbondale, then to the manager there, and then like how the police handled it and responded to the entire situation. So I just was like, I really want to make sure that if there is racism going on in this case, that Kroger takes full responsibility 
responsibility for it and that the police department does as well and that the charges are dropped. They both publicly apologize and then lay out how they're going to you know, address anti-biasm beyond the training that they're already doing in those two organizations. So I went to talk to Michael. I was like, this is what I would like to see, but I want to know what you see. And, and he was open to that and happy to talk and, you know, mostly just wanted to share his story, which is like such a part of being traumatized. You need to be able to talk about it. And that was my biggest takeaway is that he's super traumatized by what happened, you know, rightly so. It was pretty intense, pretty violent, you know, and, um, you know, I just, my heart went out to him. But what I was really struck with was how compassionate he was, you know, that he was like, you know, he's not out to, like, get the police department back. He just wants to be a part of the solution, and he wants to actually be a part of that solution with them. Like, more training, let's talk, let's let them hear his story, you know, that kind of thing. And I was like, I was kind of blown away by how generous I thought that was on his part. What were your emotions when you first heard about this story? I was, like, shocked that it's happening here in our valley, right? I mean, we're all aware of what's been happening in the United States over the past year since George Floyd was murdered, but also, obviously, for many, many, many years beyond that. But, you know, I wouldn't want that to be something that happens here in our valley because we're a tight-knit community, and at least it's, like, something I feel like we can affect change here. You know, I don't know what kind of change I could affect in Denver but here, I feel like I can affect change. You know, I can call and talk to the general manager at City Market. I did. I can call and talk to the police department here, the town manager, the mayor. You know what I mean? And keep applying pressure until we make sure what happened here and that, you know, if racism, which to me it seems like definitely played a role in this, is, you know, eradicated. So that, so I was shocked. I was upset. I was, you know, I was thankful that it was here because... If it had been in Denver, Michael could be dead right now, you know? I mean, it's pretty aggressive. Uh, it's beyond pretty aggressive. It's really intense what's happening, and that I think that we need to do what we can to make sure that we're above the average and we're different and doing things right here. What do you think is the sort of best thing that could come from this? Yeah, well, first and foremost, I'd like to see the charges dropped against Michael kind of almost no matter what the circumstances were, in a way. Um, and then I'd like to see both Kroger and the police, Carbondale Police Department issue public apologies to him. And then I would like to see them both come out with like a full strategy of how they're going to be addressing anti-bias training that's beyond what they're already doing. I want the police to be there to de-escalate things, right? There's been a complaint. Something's going on. Let's, like, talk about it rather than just taking her side right off the bat, right? Like, how can we start to resolve this situation peacefully in a way that's not singling him out for being black? Very articulate response to your questions, eh, Kathleen? I really liked Have you ever been at a party and the music <laughs> is really loud and you're talking to somebody and you're shouting because you have to get them to hear and then the music stops and yeah suddenly <laughs> like oh, okay that sounds like that's what happened everybody went back into the courtroom or something or i think they were going outdoors and indoors at that point oh. um yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it was a good very good interview um it was interesting what she had to say and the, the comments about uh being traumatized it's very interesting um 
You know, she mentioned about the charges, wanting the charges dropped. And I know that uh, during the hearing, uh, Michael Administer, who is Michael Francisco's attorney, mentioned it twice that he would like to have the charges dismissed. But I, I guess I was surprised that that wasn't pushed a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. And according to um, Megan Tackett's article in the Aspen Daily News, and according to the audio that I have from the hearing, it... Uh, Angela Ross, the town attorney or the prosecutor, just seemed to ignore that uh, that request or that statement. It really wasn't a request about dismissing charges. She didn't address. I don't know if she ignored it. She just didn't address it. So um, at least at this point, the charges still stand. Um, Hallie, you talked with somebody by the name of Tracy. Tell us a little bit about her. So Tracy and I are actually co-teachers and friends. So when I saw her there, it felt natural to um, walk up to her. We actually teach a class together in geopolitics. So she had a lot of... Where do you teach? uh, We teach at Roaring Fork High School. It's a night class there and have for the last three years. But uh, it just... This issue feels really relevant to what we teach, so... Um, she had a lot of interesting things to say about it, and um, as well as her um, her family connection to policing. Oh, great. Let's hear from Tracy. Yeah, my name is Tracy Wilson. I live in Carbondale, Colorado. Um, I'm here today because I think it's important for all of us to be paying attention about this in our town and following through the governmental process that is surrounding this issue, because uh, to me, the facts that I understand do not warrant neither an arrest or continued charges on Michael Francisco. Have you ever heard of something like this happening here in Carbondale? You know, I have, this is just about to hit my 14th year, I guess, of being in Carbondale. And in my time here, I haven't been made aware of any of that. Um, granted, I will acknowledge that I'm a white person living in Carbondale, so I'm sure that that's affecting me a lot different than people of color that are in this town. And how did you originally hear about the arrest? Uh, I I heard about it actually just from the Soper Sun article. That's kind of what first piqued my interest and have just been following news that have followed that article ever since. And what information have you been provided with today um, while waiting outside of the courtroom? Um, Not a lot. It's it's at a 25% maximum capacity in there. And so there's a bunch of us that are waiting and we have no idea what's happening in there. I think it's, regardless of that, it's really important to show my support and to show my civic engagement with this process uh, that's occurring in our town. Who organized this event here that, or encouraged everyone to come out? You know, th- there was a gentleman who posted on Carbondale uh, Facebook page that kind of made everyone aware that it wasn't going to be a Zoom format or an online format. And I really think the organizers are the, the people who decided to come and show up. There wasn't really any organizer that I'm aware of other than just the public notice that this is occurring and that if we care and feel invested we should show up. We've seen a lot of anger, a lot of a lot of discontent with the situation from white people here in Carbondale and kind of wondering just why we think that is and wondering if you have any comments on that. You know I would say that I, I think it's easy for us in this mountain oasis to think that this doesn't happen to us and that it doesn't happen in our town. Um, And I know enough to know that that is absolutely not true and that I feel like racial bias is pervasive no matter where you are in the country. So it's easy to 
to assume that because I haven't heard any news in the last time that that's not occurring and I don't think that that's the case at all. Um, anything else you'd like to add? Just that, you know, I would encourage others who are maybe listening in to educate yourself, uh, read up on this, definitely engage in your civic responsibilities of reaching out to Kirk Wilson, the chief, chief of police, Jay Harrington, the town manager. Um, I am a community member that's on the Parks and Rec Commission, and there's lots of reporting boards that I think we all just need to be informed and continue to just make this town what we all hope it'll be and inclusive in all the ways that we hope it'll be. What are you hoping is the outcome of today's hearing? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping the outcome, and, and really I will say that I have limited information. Um, I, I haven't seen the video. I'm not on any of the side of, of the, the legal framework. So I think what I would like to see is if there was a false accusation, arrest, that the town will acknowledge that and really try to bring about a, a little bit of community healing surrounding that you know one thing that i'll note is that my father was in law enforcement he was a police officer for over 20 years and he taught me that you just need to be really critically thinking of all the officers that are around you how enforcement is actually enacted from police officers and that we really do need to constantly be looking at justice through the lens of all people that are within the community you know, it's interesting that her family has law enforcement in it and talking about uh, cr critiquing, using critical thinking, yeah, whether you're in or out. Yeah, I think, yeah. In or out of, of law enforcement. You know, just briefly before we go into a final clip, uh, Carbondale Police Chief Kirk Wilson did uh, uh, issue a response uh, yesterday uh, in, about the about the incident, the December 24th incident, you can find his uh, entire response, the town of Carbondale and KDNK Facebook pages. It's the message from Chief of Police Kirk Wilson. It's brief. So I wanted to, it is 4.54. We have about two minutes. And so I wanted to air one more clip. And this is from uh, somebody by the name of Ron. Kathleen? Yeah, um, Ron Kokus. He was one of the only, I'd say, middle-aged men in the crowd. Uh, so I wanted to talk to him. He was a man of few words in the beginning, but when he got talking, it was a little less about Michael directly, a little bit more about the town's role. Great. Let's hear from Ron Kokus. My name is Ron Kokish, and I live in Carbondale. And just, what brings you out here today? Justice. Does this sort of come as a surprise to you or, or not as much? I've lived here 12 years. Um, I can't say it comes as a, as a surprise to me. I mean, these things happen. Then there's no reason to believe they wouldn't happen in Carbondale. Um, it's unfortunate that they happen. I think, you know, police officers make mistakes. Um, I don't know if these officers did. I'm really open-minded about it. My concern is that the full story come out. It looks to me, okay, I'm not saying I know this, but it appears to me that the town has really tried to bury this, to keep it very quiet. And um, that's not uh, a good thing in a case like this. I don't want to over-dramatize it. I, I don't want to have hostilities on one side or the other. But I think the town hasn't been really public about this. I thought the mayor's letter was um, not really adequate to the situation. Um, you know, when you have this kind of thing, I think you need an independent investigation so that facts come out. 
Um, the mayor is talking about needing more time for an evaluation, which is an internal process. May use outside consultants, but it's internal. I think some independent state agency ought to be looking at what happened. Um, so I, I think the response from the town has been um, disappointing to me because I know Kirk Wilson and I know the trustees and I know Mayor Dan, and they're all good people. And I'm disappointed that they haven't been more direct in addressing the issues here. That was Ron Kokish in an interview with Kathleen Shannon. I want to thank my guests, Kathleen Shannon and Hallie Zander, for helping out at the hearing and being with me today. This has been Valley Voices.